This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Hedison Rensbury. A new investigation into medical billing in Colorado has found that UC Health sues thousands of patients every year for unpaid bills. In the vast majority of cases, UC Health's name does not even appear on the lawsuit. Rather, that suit is filed in the name of a collections agency. A Nine News Colorado Sun investigation done in partnership with the Colorado News Collaborative and KFF Health News reveals that the state's largest hospital system sues thousands of its patients every year and more than 15,000 lawsuits from 2019 through 2023. Lorena Sanchez is one such patient. In 2021, the Aurora resident was involved in an accident on Interstate 25, just north of Colorado Springs. Sanchez was uninsured at the time, and she told Nine News she was wary of expensive treatment. I just told them the only thing I need is an x-ray just to see if my ribs are fine. I don't do anything else, just that. She was taken to UC Health Memorial Hospital North, where doctors performed an X-ray and a CT scan. She was billed more than $24,000. After contacting the hospital numerous times, Sanchez was told she was eligible for charity assistance, which would reduce her bill to $6,000. Last July, she was served a lawsuit by credit service company for the original amount. 24500 and you might think that money is not a big problem, but it is when you don't have it. It is when you don't have it. And especially when you have gone through so many other problems, behind, before that, your life, you just see that it doesn't end. After questions from The Sun and Nine News, UC Health said Sanchez's experience was the result of billing errors. Credit service company amended its lawsuit to reflect the reduced amount. She's still making payments and says her blood pressure and anxiety levels have skyrocketed. She believes this is due to the debt and billing issues. I already have so many things to worry about, so I don't need that. I am very mad. It's because this country has so many beautiful things. Why will the system work this way? This is unfair. This is not the right thing. This is not the right thing. So I will not walk into another hospital. Not all large hospital systems in Colorado sue patients over their medical debt. The second largest hospital system in the state, for-profit Health One, says it does not sue patients. Advent Health and Banner Health, two other large non-profit hospital systems operating in Colorado, also said that they don't sue patients over their medical debt. Five Point Film Festival recently announced that students from middle schools in the Roaring Fork Valley will get to experience their educational film program. The program will last 60 minutes each, beginning today, running through the 23rd. Katie and K News sat down with Five Point's executive director, Luis Yanez, to discuss what makes this programming different from their other programming. What's important to note is that this programming is really focused just on middle schools. So it's not something that's open to the public. We're bringing our program to middle schools throughout the Roaring Fork Valley with a host, Elon Strebling, who's been at the festival before. He's a fly fishing guide, wildlife biologist, educator, and also a stand-up comedian. So we really wanted to start to segment our audiences, realizing that we have programs that are there for high school students. We have our family film program during the festival that's really geared more for the younger audiences. And so this was an opportunity to say, okay, let's bring something to middle schools in a way that we hope impacts them. What's been really interesting about putting programming together for that age group? That it's a challenge. It really is. I think when we look at our programming 
we primarily focus on our festival, which is an audience that starts in its late 20s. And then there's really younger demographic, which is the family film program. So those are kids typically like 10 and under. So this interesting range between middle school and sometimes high school as well can be more of a challenge. How the films, you have to have a certain pace to them. They can't be too slow. Otherwise, kids might be disengaged. There has to be a message and, and something that they can really kind of connect with in our films in a different way that other audiences can. I want to say that we want them to take something out of it, but if they come in and they feel that they're, that it's not for them, then that would, for us, be kind of a way to be like, okay, we need to learn from this and find ways to, to continue to develop our program. Can you talk a little bit about how this is an example of taking arts and bringing them into a more accessible realm? I think, you know, there's so many amazing nonprofits here in the Valley that look to have that youth focus, right? Whether it's through visual art or radio. And so for us through film, we want to take that, what we bring, what we have with our program and continue to explore ways to engage different ages, different audiences through our program and focusing on the diversity aspect of our films, I think is a good way to kind of say, okay, well, we know what this population looks like for the Roaring Fork Valley. So if we're programming in Glenwood Middle School, we're also and we're also programming in Aspen Middle School, the challenge is I think we, we don't we're not gonna change our program right now for this one because this is the first year we've done it. But how can we find something that can connect that, you know, thread from the kids the youth that are there to the youth that are up valley. Um, so uh, I think that that for us is kind of we're pushing ourselves to say, okay, how can we continue to kind of connect with those audiences that maybe right now we don't serve? Speaking of audiences that are traditionally underserved when mm -hmm. it comes to arts, a large portion of our students in the Roaring Fork School District mm -hmm. are Latinx. Mm -hmm. Does that also play into some of the programming that you're looking at? It certainly does. I mean, we have a film, um, Waiting for Change, that's all about really being... Um, the filmmaker being taken out of his element, like exploring and challenging himself to be in places that maybe that as a Latino man have not been really all that welcoming. Um, so this is somebody who's moved to Jackson Hole from Houston, started taking up fly fishing and really created community around this, right? I think because we sit at this intersection of the, um, as a cultural organization with film, but also as one that really tries to promote and advocate for access to the outdoors. I think we have an important responsibility to say, okay, how can we have this on screen that then can get kids excited and encourage them to kind of try that, right? Speaking of encouraging kids to try things, people who've been part of the, the films or have been involved in the production of them, they've started really young. Do you think that that's something that kids who now have more access to film equipment of any capability now than they ever have will start taking advantage of? We focus so much right now on the content, and that's an area that we hope to continue to expand into, which is to encourage you know, kids to create content that um, documents their own adventures. Um, and I think it, it, we already see it, you know, in terms of some of the stuff that people post. Um, but once you start to then kind of weave a narrative into it, hopefully that can encourage them to consider, you know, future careers as, as filmmakers or storytellers. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the, the future, we'll say, sort of for, for us is for Five Point, if we can, you know, work with other organizations to kind of start to develop that 
So. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the future of Five Point. <laughs> <laughs> These sort of outreach projects are, are a big piece that you've been moving forward with. Is there anything else we should be looking forward to? So what we've been doing, obviously, a lot of um, the work we're doing now goes is going towards the film festival that will happen at the end of April. And really for us, that's an opportunity to kick off our season. It's new content that comes in from filmmakers from all over the world, really. And you know, being able to have premieres at the festival, bring the community together uh, to celebrate, you know, what inspires us as, as individuals and uh, as a community. Beyond that, then we start to think about, you know, well, we have a tour that's pretty robust, uh, covers Colorado pretty well. But we're also looking at, at um, different markets and different places where we've been to in the past and we want to return to. So we did uh, a show out in Rifle in 2022, uh, which was my first year. Uh, we weren't able to do it in 23, but we want to come back there in 24 uh, later this fall and really hopefully partner with other organizations who want to serve that area. We're currently in conversation with other organizations who really start to create more, let's say, uh, in an election season, voter drive, vote drives advocacy to kind of encourage people to, to participate. So that's a good way to, you know, that a lot of that depends, you know, the our environment. And everything that we value, you know, is is hinges on what might happen here in, in November. So uh, I think that's an important area that we also push into. And then beyond that, it's just, you know, starting to think about what we develop for 2025. That was Katie and Kay interviewing Luis Yanez on Five Point Film Festival's latest educational program. Five Point Film will be launching a new website just before the release of tickets for their general festival on March 12th. This is KDNK News.